We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we got a Nets win. Final game of the season. A W over the Pacers. 134-126. You were lucky enough to be there. How are you feeling, Jack? What's up, New York? Great. Always have my guy, Jack, in New York. Able to give the Nets some much-needed positive vibes. Obviously, we saw Patty's playing better. We got some good news on Ben. And obviously, today, the Nets clinched that seven seed now have the play in Tuesday against the Cavs. We're going to jump into today's game and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, what stuck out to you at today's game? Kyrie Irving? Just, <laughs> I, just I, I'm, I'm, now, forgive me if I am a little bit lost for words, even though, you know, you and I are podcasters, so we should be, our words are, you know, <laughs> what makes us hopefully somewhat successful. But there were just so many times where I was just flabbergasted and dumbfounded about what he did tonight. The rainbow shot over whichever defender it was that wasn't just a rainbow shot. It was like a heavenly shot. If there's a thing higher than heaven, Kyrie Irving hit it with the basketball on that shot because it was just truly insane. I was What I literally did, Nick, and obviously the listeners won't be able to see me, but I just literally just stood up because at the end of the first quarter and I just had my arms out. Because my brain couldn't process what I had just seen. And Kyrie Irving did that probably like four or five times yep. tonight as well. He has, and I, I, I can't believe that I got to see that shot, see so many other shots, because what you want when you go to any sort of live experience, whether it's you know Broadway or sport or whatever else it might be, is something memorable. And Kyrie Irving creates memorable like it's with an element of effortlessness that I'm sure we all aspire to do in some form or fashion. And he was just truly, truly incredible. And yeah, the box score is pretty goddamn good tonight. But this was up there with, and again, I'm probably going to be biased because I was lucky enough to see it in person. But this was up there with like the 60-point game. It was full of highlights, full of artistry, the leadership that he had to get the team on his back. You know, I thought he was okay defensively tonight too. Um, and some of his passing uh, was also pretty positive as well. Kyrie Irving's just... Uh, and I, I, have, I don't have the words to fully describe how great he is. I don't have the vocab, unfortunately, my friends. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's hard to describe art. It's just a feeling. And that's kind of what it is when Kyrie 
Ring's playing, like you said, that shot at the end of the first quarter, the trajectory of that shot is just insane. The level in which it went up and then came back down and just dropped in the hoop without what felt like even touching the net it was just really incredible. And, you know, this is probably Kyrie's best home game of the season. You know, I think Houston, he scored more points, but tonight super efficient and came up big in the fourth quarter 35 points, 15 to 20 from the field, four of six from three, one of two from the free throw line, seven rebounds, five assists, one steal, three turnovers. Just really nice to see him turn up at home and play at the level that we want to see him play entering, you know, the plane in the postseason. And like you said, Jack, there's just so many plays when you watch him where you just like are like, what? What just happened? Like sometimes uh-huh. I'll just be watching the game and I just laugh because like, I mean, if I was a defender, it's just like it has to be high level frustration. No, I like I think ultimately, you know, you just I think Drew Holiday said it about like Kevin Durant. It's just like you do what you can and then you're just like, OK, whatever. Like I, I can't stop this. And it's not yeah. to say that the Indiana Pacers have a Drew Holiday on their team. You know, he was making TJ McConnell look silly, you know, not time after time again. Nick, what's some other plays that stuck out for you? Because for me, you know, obviously there was the crossover on TJ McConnell. There was the transition play where he dropped the ball off to her, Bruce Brown with the, a gorgeous little dump off pass that had, you know, the, the perfect little trajectory of it. And, and shout out to Bruce Brown for getting back, you know, seeing that Kyrie Irving. And, and I'll, I will say about Kyrie Irving in transition, you know, but it's sort of like, you know, when LeBron sort of like gets that sort of mean man mode on and Kevin Durant yeah. starts trash talking. When Kyrie Irving throws the ball ahead of him with that dribble, you know something's going to happen. He's like Usain Bolt and Speedy Gonzalez on cocaine. Yeah, it's like he's hitting the turbo button in a video game. Like he's yep. doing the special move. Like that combination you've been saving all your energy for, every time Kyrie's in transition, that's going to happen. And I mean, I love the play in transition where he threw the ball in front of him, kind of high step, got TJ McConnell feeling really off balance, and then essentially just had an easy pull-up mid-range jump or something he loves. And then you mentioned, you know, that that drop-off past the Bruce was like really crazy because I think Kyrie almost got himself caught in the air and Bruce like came out of nowhere, got the ball, got the easy layup. And then also, the lead pass that he made to Bruce in transition, the bounce pass with the dirty spin on it to just almost drop into Bruce's hands. It really reminded me of Jason Kidd. And we've seen a couple of those passes from Kyrie over the last couple of weeks, just some real like backspin on the ball or it's just some crazy angles. Very, very Jason Kidd-esque. No, definitely. And, and I think that he's got that in his bag. Obviously, we know and we love the the shot making that he produces. But man, he can produce dimes aplenty as well. You know, and I think he had just he also made you know, the, the simple reads, you know, whether it was Andre Drummond on the pick and roll and and all those sort of things. You know, he had, had nice like pocket passes to him as, as well as some others. And, you know, he's a willing cutter himself. So he loves it when other guys are cutting and he wants to give them the ball. You know, Kevin Durant was probably, you know, heralded that, you know, tonight as well with, with his level of playmaking too. So I just think that this is one of those games where I'm, I'm never going to forget it, Nick. This is a, a, a night that I won't forget from Kyrie Irving. It's going to go down, maybe not in the history books for, for many people, but in my memory banks for a very, very long time, you know, I, I, I'm just not going to forget it because Kyrie Irving was just on one tonight. You know, the amount of adjectives I would need to describe him, you know, positively in terms of the talent that he possesses, we wouldn't be able to touch on any of the other players or any of the other <laughs> that we have on this podcast because Kyrie Irving is that good. Yeah. And I mean, Jack, it was, you know, the most meaningful, probably Nets win you've ever seen, right? I mean, they clinched them a seven seed spot, clinched them the home game and the play-in, and it was a big performance from Kyrie Irving. And, you know, that means a lot, you know, especially because like we've talked about before we hopped on, the team wasn't very energetic in that second half. 
very stagnant, allowed the Pacers to get back in the game. And Kyrie was kind of that force in the fourth quarter said, nah, we're good. We're getting that seven seed. I'm going to take us home. And he did that. No, he did. He, he put the team on his back when you know, the Nets were struggling to generate offense. You know, seems to me that the zone is a, a bit of a bugaboo for this Brooklyn Nets team. But also at times, I thought that they did a good job of actually not being stagnant in that zone. Sometimes they were. But, you know, guys like Kess Edwards, Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton were moving around a little bit, screening, getting into little crevices, finding the right angles. And Kyrie Irving was finding them. Kevin Durant was certainly finding them and everyone else uh, in, in saying that too. But this night belonged to Kyrie for many, many a reason. And it's uh, the highlights. I'll be watching plenty of them tomorrow on YouTube. I'll be re-watching them, you know, in the morning over breakfast and a bagel or whatever else it might be. Um, I'll be certainly hoping to dive into a little bit of the game for maybe putting a, putting out a, a couple of them myself and just seeing what it was like on television because I haven't actually seen you know, what it looked like and see if it, it was replicable in terms of the the joy that I felt and the, the the utter just like shock and disbelief at what, at what he can produce. You know, I've been lucky enough to see Kyrie Irving play a couple of times and I was really excited to see KD play for the first time tonight. And it was a unique Kevin Durant game in, in a lot of stretches. We got a, a couple of typical KD sort of shots and, and, and here and there, but it was a, a non-typical KD game in terms of the box score and how he played tonight. But, you know, career high 16 assists, you're not going to complain about that. Yeah, I think our our guy, Corey Waldron, when he's in Barclay Center, you know, Katie does not shoot well, so we're going to have to keep him away during the postseason. <laughs> but like you said, you know, this is a rough game for Kevin Durant, and he's finished with 20-16-10. and 10. You know, he had a triple-double with 16 assists, 20 points, and 10 rebounds. He obviously shot 5-17 of 17 from the field, always 6 from 3, was 10-10 and 10 from the free-throw line. Uh, just an off day for him. You know, the engagement, the focus wasn't really there for Kevin Durant, but with great players, they still find a way to impact the game and help their team win. And he did that. You know, like I said, he wasn't great today. I wouldn't even say he was good, but he still was a huge factor. And that's getting this win with his 16 assists. Yes, 16 assists. And a lot of those were, you know, he was just allowing the sort of, it just felt like me to me that there were a couple of times where he was a little bit sloppy with, you know, and maybe took the ball handling a little bit too seriously. I'm like, KD, just just shoot at my guy. Like you, you've got the, them in the post there, you know, just do your little one dribble pull and, and one legged fadeaway or, or whatever else it might be. But in general, I just thought that he was making the right plays and, and, you know, it, it just happened mm-hmm. to turn into 16 assists. But at the same time, when you've got guys like Kessler Edwards, Nick Claxton, Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond, you know, guys in the pick and roll, guys that are cutting, Kyrie Irving, you know, kicking it out to him, you're going to get, you know, dimes and dimes and dimes. And because the the Pacers' defense obviously leaves a lot to be desired given, you know, no Miles Turner, even though, you know, his hands were certainly probably warm with those other nets. <laughs> that was the, one of the weirdest things that I've ever seen live in person. But in, in terms of Kevin Durant, Nick, again, not the most amazing game from him, but... On video, I've got a, a patented pull-up from him, so I'm, I'm going to save that video and probably watch it plenty tomorrow morning as well. But ultimately, without Kevin Durant out there tonight, I don't think that the Nets have the same offensive flow as a team. I thought that he was sort of at the helm of that. You know, Normally, it's sort of like, all right, get on my back, I'll give you guys 50. Whereas tonight, it's just like, all right, get on my back, I'll give you guys 16 assists. Yeah, I definitely was more facilitating and more point guard Kevin Durant. And I think we've seen more of that, especially with Goran Dragic being out. And even just in general, since the James Harden trade when Katie came back, just more of those duties. And also, teams are just doubling him. Like, it's no one's business. I mean, the Pacers are doubling him early in this game. And it's just like, hey, we're not going to let Kevin Durant beat us because a defender that can really slow him down. No, Lance Stevenson is not the answer to slowing down Kevin Durant. And, you know, and 
I'm happy he got this bad shooting night out of the way before the play-in because it's very rare to see KD have two bad shooting games in a row. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's just like, what is going on? Um, I, he's uh, coming. Come the Cavs, it's going to be interesting to see um, what how the how the Nets play there. But he was uh, amazing he, in terms of what he did with the ball in his hands and, and the play creation that he did have. Yeah, and I thought even rebounding wise, he had a couple big boards in this game. Defensively, you know, definitely could be better on the end. But I think that's just more of an energy engagement, little lackadaisical in this one overall. But still had a career night in terms of assists. But moving on from KD, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving over to our guy, Bruce Brown, 21 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 1 of 2 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 3 turnovers. Another stuffed stat line for Bruce Brown. No, that's it. There was Bruce Brown was incredible. I thought that he did everything on the floor. He And he's continuing to be consistent. You know, He almost had the triple-double the other night, and I know KD didn't want him to have it, but I'm sure a lot of us <laughs> Nets fans... We're, we're, we're rooting for him to, to finally get that. But he was just awesome on both ends of the floor, like you mentioned there, Nick. And, you know, he just does everything. You know, he is just, he's not just an offensive player. He's not a defensive player. He rebounds the ball well. He brings the ball up the floor in, in a way where it's just like, okay, let's alleviate the ball handling of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Let's get into sets. Let's let Bruce Brown initiate it a little bit. You know, he's defense, you know, out in transition, you know, when the Nets, where well, you think it's just like, okay, easy bucket here for the Pacers, but it's just like, all right, by the way, there's Bruce Brown. You know, he might be 6'3", yeah. but he's got hops for days. Uh, and he's strong. He's just so goddamn strong. Seeing him in person makes you appreciate uh, even more how good Bruce Brown actually is. 
Yeah, and like you said, Jack, those hustle plays in transition with the Nets committed a turnover and Bruce is chasing down that one where he had the strip on Buddy Heald. That's just like pure effort and hustle. And I put out a tweet during the game. It's like whatever Bruce eats before the game, the rest of the Nets need to eat it because they need to play with that level of energy, engagement and physicality. Like he does everything you really ask him out there and his skills continue to improve. And, you know, we were talking before and like his ability to now handle the ball a little bit more and facilitate the offense and play a bigger role, I think helps keep him, keeps him more engaged, but also forces the defense to defend him more. And I think that helps alleviate some of the pressure off Kyrie and off KD and the other ball handlers on the floor. No, that's it. And I think that he's just doing so much, you know, and, and playing beyond, you know, what we probably expected of him. You know, he was awesome last year and he's just even better now. Like he's so good at getting through screens. He's so good at being able to like create a little bit of offense for himself with that floater and with his cutting and with his finishing around the rim and with his aggression. Um, he is going to earn himself a hefty, hefty payday, hopefully from the Brooklyn Nets, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he could probably double up his contract offers from last year, especially with the improved three-point shot. Still slow, but you have to consider getting out there to contest it because he's been hitting a good rate since, you know, post-trade deadline. But moving on from Bruce, Andre Drummond had a very, very efficient night. 20 points, 9-9 from the field, 2-2 two two from the free-throw line, 13 rebounds, 4 offensive, and throwing 2 blocks. Yeah, look, I think it's just Andre Drummond. Gives you so much positive. He is one of the best rebounders live that I've ever seen. He, It's just like he's got that uh, Dennis Rodman textbook from The Last Dance. Just like he just knows how to read the ball. Kevin Durant missed a lot of shots tonight. It felt like Andre Drummond put them back for like all of his points. It, he's just a, a savant at rebounding. You know, one of the best ever. Not just the, the best in the league, but one of the best ever at it. And, you know, it's not a skill that a lot of, it's not the sexiest skill in the world, but it's one that is, you know, certainly important to not most teams, if not all teams, and especially what the Brooklyn Nets do and the weaknesses that they've had there before. So Andre Drummond continues to be a, a really important addition to, to what the Nets are doing. And him and Clax is that sort of front court rotation. Uh, they balance each other out really well. Yeah, and that rotation did not miss a shot tonight and that includes the free throw line both guys two of two from the free throw line and both guys perfect from the field we'll touch on clacks a little bit later but when drummond plays this way and he's a force down low and he's impactful and he's moving bodies and he's rebounding not only defensively but offensively that's when you can accept some of the defensive liabilities that he provides so when he's doing those other things correct you can keep him on the floor it's just a matter of can he do that on a consistent basis and play with that high energy and effort all the time yeah, it's uh, it's about con consistency from Drummond. And look, in 20 minutes, you know, he was still minus two. So it's not the, the best thing in the world. But, you know, you're clacks out there balancing sort of out. So it's just balancing the good and the bad. Yeah, a minus two in a game that the Nets won by eight and had, you know, 18 point lead different points in this game so interesting i think there is defensively like i said some issues with him and some of that's him and some of that's also i think a lack of understanding of the rotations and the guys around him and what he needs to do but moving over to kessler edwards obviously uh had uh, went from the two-way contract to the standard nba contract love to see it and he finished tonight with 10 points four seven from the field oh one from three two two from the free throw line five rebounds had two blocks two turnovers and played 40 minutes no and He's going to be an important part to the Nets postseason run, Nick, and, and including the play-in tournament, hopefully. They, Kessler Edwards is 
uh, he deserves everything and more. You know, I'm I'm a little bit annoyed that he's only going to be able to get like a two year extension given the nature of you know being a second round pick and again a second round pick, pick 44 or 45. I can't I remember off the top yep. of my head, but you know he's a good 44. There we go. Uh, he's a a good just a, a, in terms of like we talked we talked about with Bruce Brown. You know, alleviating the sort of wing handling responsibilities and the the defense of Kevin Durant and allowing him to sort of do different things like he did tonight. It's just. Uh, I just watching him. There was one specific play that stuck out, and the one that did stick out is is was when he I think Kyrie Irving kicked it out to him, and they were playing a little bit of zone, or they might not have been. And Kes just like makes the he sort of like shimmies a little bit, sort of like to try and get the defender off him. But then he uses his speed, and he's got an okay enough handle, and he hits the floater. And that might have just been like it was right in front of me or whatever. But he's also finishing well around the rim. Really good athlete, really good rebounder as well. And a really good defender. You know, he gets through screens quite well. He's quite strong. You know, obviously, you know, spending a couple of extra years at college, you know, it's a, you know, he's not as lightly framed as, you know, maybe like a Nicholas Klax or whatever, but, you know, Klax is still strong. But yeah, Kess is just, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Um, obviously, the, the postseason, including the plane, is going to be a different kettle of fish, but I'm confident in Kess being able to produce. Yeah, there's one thing he gives it all. You know, he plays with high energy, and if he's making mistakes like we discussed in the past, it's just, you know, lack of knowledge or lack of experience. And I think also it's important, I think, for his teammates to know, like, hey, we're playing with a rookie. We probably need to overly communicate in this situation to make sure he's prepared. And, you know, one thing he does is, like, screens you mentioned getting through them is he also does a great job of kind of putting himself in position to fight through the screen and putting the defender or the offensive player trying to set the screen on him in a bad position where if they do end up setting the screen it might end up being an offensive foul so credit to him for just constantly moving his feet and being active and you know my highlight play for Kess today was the transition defense he had yep. the one-on-one situation I think it was O'Shea Brissett and he blocked it which is just incredibly difficult when a guy is coming downhill and you're you're running almost full speed and getting in position to meet him. To do that is a big-time play. That's an elite-level play, and I'm not saying that Kess is an elite defender at this point in time, but he has glimpses and he has highlights that show you what he can be down the line. No, definitely, and this is the the infancy of his career. He's only going to get better. There'll be some bumps and bruises along the way. And again, you know, I, I think he's, I said it, I spoke it into existence in terms of cutting him and, and signing Kessler Edwards, uh, a tough decision to make in terms of, you know, uh, we know that the Nets love to sort of appease the vet guys and, and that sort of thing. But in terms of making the team better, Kessler Edwards makes this team better in an infinitely more superior way than what James Johnson does. And he did that tonight. You know, you wouldn't see a lot of things that Kessler Edwards did tonight being done by James Johnson. Yeah, and I think also just, well, like, one, the mobility is on different scales, and some of that's just James Johnson being up there in age. You know, a younger version of James Johnson would be a better defender, but he just doesn't have that level of mobility at this point in time. And also, Kess is getting a little respect from opposing defenses in terms of his three-point shooting, just enough where they're not able to stand in the paint, where in comparison to James Johnson, teams are happy to live with that look, where, yeah, Kessler's definitely a guy they'd rather see shooting than, you know, KD or Kyrie or Seth Curry or Patty Mills, but still respectable enough where he can knock down shots. You know, he can knock down those three-point shots, and you know, it's just going to be important for him to be super locked in and the vets to take him under the wing and get him prepared for the playoffs because he provides a skill set that the Nets don't have on the roster other than him. You know, he's a three and D type player that's not fully developed, but he allows him to play a certain way. His versatility defensively is huge for this team. And like I said, he played 40. So you you have to think that he's gonna play a larger role than anticipated in the playoffs. 
That's it. And I, I think in saying that as well, Nick, you know, it's a if the Nets do, you know, happen to clinch in, in the play and, and go up against the Boston Celtics, Kessler which is a body to throw at Jason Tatum. And I think that, you know, James Johnson would have been as well. But I think Kessler Edwards it also provides a, unlocks the offensive potential that we've spoken so much about with this team. You know, he's not a sieve on that end of the floor like James Johnson can be, whereas Kessler Edwards, like you alluded to, spaces the floor well, can, you know, just has some athleticism about him. He's a really, really good rebounder also. So, look, I, I think that Jason Tatum will certainly give him fits, but you're not going to throw him on the, you know, out there for 40 minutes straight on him. But you certainly throw a, a few 20 here and there, and you throw a bit of Bruce Brown, you throw Clack switched on to him too. Um, obviously, I'm not getting ahead of myself. If it happens to be against, you know, Jimmy Butler and the, and the Miami Heat or a bit of Tyler Hero or whoever else it might be, hopefully the Nets, you know, clinch a seven or eight. That's the the, the ultimate goal. But Kessler Edwards could be a, a big part of hopefully a deep postseason run. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see how he looked against Jason Tatum. I thought Bruce actually did a great job against Tatum. And the Celtics did a nice job of kind of forcing Bruce off of him. If Kess gives you another option, that'd be really helpful. I think the biggest factor in that situation is his strength. You know, Ken, you know, Tatum's definitely muscled up and become more of a physical threat, I think, at that forward position. So it'll be interesting to see how Kess can handle that. And obviously, has no playoff experience, has very limited NBA experience. And like we've kind of talked about in the past, that's probably a mistake the Nets made this season and not trying to develop him a little bit further, especially considering a lot of the issues and injuries and absences with this roster. But moving on from Kess, you got to see your guy, Patty Mills, live playing for the Nets for the first time, finished with eight points, three of six in the field, two of five from three, two rebounds, two assists, three turnovers. And it's not a huge stat line for Patty, but his energy and vibes are just up. They are up, Nick. And he was also plus 16 on the night. Led the team in that in, in those 30 minutes that he was out there. He felt my presence. Let, let's just put it out he there, did. Nick. He knew I was there. He knew he had to turn it on for, for a fellow Aussie. And I think, I, I can't remember if I put this out on Twitter or if I told you or if I told someone, but when the Nets sort of like did like the pre-pre-game sort of things and it's just like, you know, Kyrie Irving, Duke University. Patty Mills is also like, Patty Mills. Australia. And I was like, yes, Patty. Like, obviously, I think he went to St. Mary's. And Ben Simmons, you know, it wasn't like Ben Simmons, LSU. Ben Simmons was like, Ben Simmons, Melbourne, Australia. And I was like, ah, two bloody Aussies here. And I get to see them both live. And I think that it's good to see, Nick, because Patty Mills is this sort of like seven man sort of rotation that we saw tonight is likely to be, you know, you add in probably Seth Curry and, and maybe take a couple of minutes away from, from Patty and, and, and maybe Bruce and, and maybe probably not Kai, uh, but it, it, having Seth Curry just waiting in the wings is also, you know, who was out tonight um, in terms of the, the sore ankle and, and managing that, you know, it's a luxury to have him, him waiting in the wings to come back because Patty Mills is now finding that form from the perimeter and I, I think when I did the thread of his game the other night, what I've noticed from him is just that the the rhythm and motion that he's shooting them in, you know, he, he missed a couple of shots tonight, but I, I still, in, in my head, I'm like, those are good shots and you've taken them well. You haven't forced them. Your, your, your shooting form isn't different to what I expect it to be in terms of, yep. you know, I think a lot of us know how he shoots now. He's taken so many goddamn threes for us as a, a net squad. And he's just, uh, in terms of, he's got a little bit of that peskiness back, as you alluded to, that energy back, you know, whether it's on the defensive side of the floor, you know, he's trying to take charges and he's, he's running like a goddamn madman. You know, he, he's got the ball in his hands, you know, a couple of times to alleviate, you know, the, the, the burden on Kyrie and KD and, and Bruce for, for when he's had it too. So, uh, Patty Mills was was really, really good tonight. But, you know, in terms of the eight points, it's one of the better eight-point games that I've seen. 
Yeah, he had a beautiful drop-off pass to uh, Clax. It was like a little spice on it, too. I can't remember if it was behind the back or between the legs or something where it's just like, damn. And then I think there was actually another pass where he threw to Clax, and I don't think Clax was ready for it. But like you said with Patty, you know, just looks in rhythm. The motions look normal. And also, uh, there was a play in this game where he set a pin-down screen for KD, you know, pretty traditional thing for the net to do and get KD to the elbow. But KD kind of went up to the three-point line. Patty cut to the rim, wide-open layup. You know, his willingness to be a screener as well as impactful. And like you said, with Seth waiting and obviously the starter at this time, having a guy like Patty that is back in rhythm that can come off the bench and knock down a couple threes is huge for the playoffs. He's a guy that can have those momentum plays. You know, he's a guy that can come off the bench, get a steal, get an easy two points, and then also knock down a few threes. And sometimes those are the momentum plays that can change a quarter, that can change a game, and that can change a series. That's something we're going to be talking about a lot. And Patty Mills is one of those guys that can provide that level of spark for a team. Yeah, we've seen it do him already this year. You know, against the Knicks, you know, he he provided plenty of those sort of plays and, you know, plenty of other times this season as well in terms of timely threes from Patty Mills. You know, it feels like that we've heard that uh, quite a bit. Obviously, not as much recently in terms of before this little mini stretch where he's back into form. But, yeah, Patty Mills is... It's just great to have him back and, and great to see, you know... Uh, a little weird moment that I noticed, and I'm not sure many other people might have sort of seen it, but you know, I think he might have been diving on the floor. Or he had a defensive player. He took, he tried to take a charge, and it might have been a, a defensive foul, or he's trying to fight for a rebound and on a, a long rebound or whatever. But his hair came out, like the the dread <laughs> sort of fell out a little bit, and he had to like sort of tie it back up. Um, and I'm just like, oh, that's my boy, Patty. He's got he's got great great locks, great hair, um, and uh, uh, you know him and him and Clax have got a great great hair. Yeah, and talking about Clax, you know, a solid game for him again. You know, 14, 6 of 6 in the field, two, 6 rebounds, 2 offensive. Clax also had 4 assists in this game, yeah. finished with 1 turnover, 4 fouls, and plus 7. Some really good stuff from Clax out there, and one of those fouls was a terrible call. The one that they challenged, is that the one you're alluding to, Nick? Yeah, yeah. It was, I was I literally... In any world, it's in any level of basketball, that's not a foul. I was literally watching it, and I'm like... Clax was like vociferous and he's, you know, remonstrating with the referees. I watched it. I'm like, he's gone straight up there. And I'm like, I, I saw it. I mean, it, it's a you know, touch and go sort of play when you sort of see it live. But the fact that they challenged it and they went back to it and I'm like, but how is that a foul? Why do they not just overturn it? And it's just like, all right, whatever. Because you know, Clax is, uh, he, he got a couple of little ticky-tack fouls tonight that he probably shouldn't have. I think that, you know, he wasn't maybe his best defensive performance. I don't think he was totally engaged there. But one thing I did notice from him live, Nick, and something that you can sort of see with growing confidence and comfort was his chatter, you know, on the back mm-hmm. line and being like, switch here, Patty, you, you got uh, Patty, you got ball or, or, or all those sort of little things. And I, I think that there's a level of comfort uh, and confidence from, from Clax now. You know, I love whenever he has a dunk, he's just, He's a bit of a poser. You know, I think I, yeah. I compared him to, you know, Black Widow when, you know, he sort of lands and stuff and he just slams it home with authority. You know, I just love, love the way Clack City plays. Um, and, and again, you know, the the popula- the, the rent's going to continue to skyrocket, especially come playoff season. If he has a big series, if he has a big game against the, the Cavs and, and, you know, whether it's Boston, Miami or, or whoever else, then Clack City will be filling up fast. Um, any other game things you wanted to chat, Nick, because before we get to some more Aussie news with Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think just touch on Cam Thomas. You know, Cam had a couple nice shots in this game. That three-point shot was probably one of his most confident looks in a while, the one that he hit. And then it was like a fake spin into a spin. That 
was just like high level difficulty, huge, but defensively, I think Cam is still having his issues. And it's crazy to say is at this point in time, I'm substantially more confident with Kess getting play, playoff minutes rather than Cam. And that's not something you thought you'd say two months ago. No, his shot making is incredible. But in terms of like both of those shots, I'm just like, in my head, I'm like, Cam's going to hit both of these. He makes yep. the, the, he makes them the difficult the more difficult and he misses the, you know, uh, like the free throws or, or whatever else it might be, despite the fact that he is, you know, a career, very, very good free throw shooter going back to his college days. One thing I noticed live, Nick, and I was sort of watching him defensively closely as well, because I know that we've sort of, sort of spoken about that. He gets caught on screens and he doesn't, he doesn't know, he has, he's pretty, I don't want to say clueless, but close to it in terms of his ways, navigating his way through them whether it's going under, whether it's, you know, showing a little bit of physicality because he's not, you know, a slight skinny dude. You know, he's got a little bit of, uh, you know. He's a, thick. Yeah, he's thick enough. You know, he's strong enough. You know, Kyrie's more slight than him and, and Kyrie has a little bit more physicality to his play. You know, and, and Cam's probably taller and, you know, a little bit heavier. And not in a bad way. I'm just sort of saying it as just a general observation. So that's something for him going forward, for him to be, you know, a regular contributor to this team. He's got to do it on both ends. Yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest factor for him. And that's always been the question mark. And we talked about it early in the season. You know, his on ball defense was solid at different points. It's definitely fallen off. I'm still not 100% confident that he's 100% healthy. Obviously, back injuries tend to linger, mess with your conditioning, mess with uh, your flexibility. But obviously, I think him actually getting more flexible and more agile in the offseason is going to be important. But also, like you said, Jack, leaning into the physicality, using some of his body to be more impactful on the defensive end of the floor. And then also just having a better understanding of what he needs to do, because a lot of times he just doesn't seem to know where he needs to be, especially when it's a switch, a rotation, something that's not simple. And some of that's just as you know obvious as him not playing an NBA style defense last year in college. Yeah, that's it. He's going to f- find his way around how the Nets play, you know, the switching and navigating screens, you know. The NBA, defending NBA-level basketball players is, is completely different to defending and play, you know, at college. But Cam's all the talent in the world, and, you know, we alluded to some pretty incredible plays tonight. But a guy who's got no problem with defense, Nick, is Ben Simmons. Yeah, Ben Simmons, uh, obviously a big topic. Yesterday, we have the Nets drop a little practice video. We got Ben taking some three-point shots and mid-range shots moving out there giving us something that we haven't really seen from the nets in terms of posting content and then we got an update from shams today and Woj saying that there's optimism that we could see ben simmons in a first round matchup for the nets if they you know get past the playing game yeah and then steve nash did his old steve nash thing saying <laughs> you know there's no timetable and it's just like okay where the hell are we is just steve nash just going to do the exact opposite to what's reported by you know the national media who we tend to believe a little bit more given everything that's happened, you know, over the recent stretch of Nets news. So, look, obviously those reports were from Shams and, and Woj sort of reconfirmed them, sort of saying that, you know, he could play a 10 to 15 minute role if he were to come back. You know, the Nets, the Nets don't just drop stuff. We've seen this before in terms of, you know, practice videos and all these little things. It's just like, wait, why are they showing Ben Simmons here? And I'm just like, Ben back? And I think a lot of fans were just like, okay, Look, I, I, I'm I'm not one of the guys which is like, oh, he shot the three ball, cool. I'm just like, okay, he's moving. He's doing like, you know, that sort of one-on-zero sort of stuff. And look, he's still going to do one-on-one, three-on-three, five-on-five and whatever. So those are, you know, again, the comparison point I made to was Kevin Durant where those are the sort of three milestones that he needs to hit. Well, if he's done one, he's got three to go. And can he get that done by the postseason, which is probably about, you know, five, six days away? 
Maybe because you know there are, there will be some days off, and I will say, seeing him live tonight, Nick, every time there was a timeout, he had the ball in his hands. You know, he took it away from the refs. He was dribbling, he was fiddling around with it, he was rolling it up and down. He wants to be back out there. There is a clear desire from him. He was chatting with Kevin Durant on the bench. You know, both of them look to be in good spirits uh, in, in in that sort of stretch as well. So, the you know armchair sort of psych not not psychologist, but the armchair sort of just like forecaster sort of looking at what could happen with Ben Simmons, you know, maybe that pie is going to be sweet after all. Yeah. I also think that he was moving pretty well in pregame. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was jumping and spinning and with a back injury, when you're able to kind of get over a hurdle like that, where you're moving, I don't want to say he was moving dynamically. You know, he wasn't moving with explosion, but he was moving with ease and he wasn't moving scared. So I think anything at this point in time is real progress. And like you said, Jack, about a week until probably the Nets would start a first round series. And there's no guarantee to be ready for game two or whatever it is. And we don't know what the workload would be, but just the element of him potentially, you know, being back for the postseason run in some capacity is a huge factor for this team. Yeah, I think the the key thing to take away from it, Nick, is we've heard in, in various reports from different sources pain-free seems to be the yeah. key thing that I've sort of taken away. And if he is pain-free, then those indicators for him to come back should be ticked off with relative ease. Now, how how much pain-free is he? Obviously, you know, will he undergo another period where he finds discomfort when he's doing three-on-three? Three? You know, the movements that you were alluded to that we've seen in the videos that we've seen pre-game or whatever looks pretty smooth and, you know, like Ben Simmons. He looks like Ben Simmons. And, you know, if you... I think I was chatting to, you know, Joe Money McCarr tonight, um, as well as you know, just some other fans at the game. You know, they were asking someone. I think asked me, "Is is Ben going to be back?" And I'm like, "Look, I'm hoping so." And, and it just felt like I'm not woes. I'm not going to report anything. I'm just sort of like, you know, just saying what, what what I sort of think. But you give him ten to fifteen minutes. You know what? Take you know five minutes away from Bruce Brown. You know, five minutes away, from, or three, two, three minutes from Andre Drummond, two or three from Clax, and you get you know Ben Simmons out there for ten minutes. You have another body to throw at Jason Tatum. If you just want him to be a pure defensive force, just a, another Kessler Edwards in a lot of ways. You know, Kevin Durant doesn't have to have 16 assists. Kevin Ben Simmons, we just want you to be juiced up Rajon Rondo on defense. You know, we don't need you to do anything else, mate. Do a little bit of playmaking. You don't have to go for some high-flying dunks. You know, you can take it easy out there. But I also think at the same time, the Nets are going to be conservative and aren't going to push him. But the reports that we're seeing, you know, when you hear Shans report it, that's coming from Clutch. When you see Woj reporting it, that's coming from the Nets and Sean Marks in the front office. So when both things are reported and confirmed by the two most credible sources in NBA media, the signs aren't too bad, Nick. Yeah, they really aren't. I think, Jack, like you said, pain-free is a huge factor. And obviously, you know, the ramp up, the conditioning, whatever it is, is that's when there's a chance that you could re-aggravate the injury. So it's going to be a fine line of, trying to do it in a speedy, efficient process without re-injuring or adding any pain because all of a sudden you get set back another month and then, you know, he's missing the entire rest of the season. So it's going to be important to find, you know, that perfect balance of pushing him but not hurting him. Yeah, you don't want to hurt Ben 10, but we'll we'll wait and see how it pans out, Nick. I'm sure we'll probably get another update around the, the playing tournament in a couple of days' time. And who knows, we might get a, a big Woj bomb or Shams bomb soon enough. But again... You know, the pie might be a little bit sweeter than I thought.
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely might be way sweeter than you thought and coming sooner than you thought as well. But uh, another thing in Australian news is Ben Simmons changed his Instagram profile to himself and Patty Mills. The greatest Instagram profile that you can ever see. It would, and I, I, I think, I think that, <laughs> you'd love it. I loved it so much, mate. And, and shout out to Nets Kingdom, I think, were the ones that sort of put it out there. And I would mean, like, retweet, retweet. Can I retweet this like 40 million times? Can I make, uh, can I be in a profile pic with him? Can he sneak me in there as like the third sort of token Aussie? I just think that what that alludes to, Nick, is that Ben Simmons is enjoying Brooklyn and he wants to be out there. There's a desire for him. You know, I mentioned the little things that I saw from him live. You know, we spoke about the reports that are sort of happening. You know, Paddy Mills when he was in in Philadelphia was the guy that came out with him, you know, during the pre-games and, and Patty Mills was sort of, you know, kicking out some passes to to Patty as he was sort of taking a few shots. You just see that there is the bonds forming and, and a chemistry forming behind the scenes. And, you know, sometimes, you know, those don't mean a lot and it's sort of all, you know, window dressing or whatever the, the heck the saying is. But I think in this case, Nick, you know, Paddy Mills has said that he's wanted to be with Ben Simmons for a long time. I think Ben Simmons is relishing the chance to be with Paddy Mills. You know, their their partners get along really well. They hang out quite a bit. We've seen videos uh, of them hanging out on Instagram and stuff. So it's good to see Ben 10 in Brooklyn, Paddy Mills in Brooklyn, and a third Aussie, you know, in New York, you know, enjoying life um, and enjoying life with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they should probably hit you up to complete the trio. But uh, um, uh, with Ben Simmons, too, it's like coming from a situation where he wasn't happy and, you know, there was issues with teammates and coaching and whatever it is to have a guy like Patty Mills and seems like welcoming teammates across the board is a pretty big factor for his mental health, which has obviously, you know, been an issue for him in the past with that situation in Philadelphia. So really happy with for Ben and obviously the positive news in terms of his physical health in the back. And hopefully we see him on the court this season because it'd be a huge factor for the Nets, especially if he can get anywhere close to, you know, 85, 90% of himself. And this is also a guy that hasn't played any NBA basketball this season. So who really knows to what to expect? But the great thing about Ben is that he's not a jump shooter. And obviously that'd be something that could be a little cold to come into, you know, a season if you haven't played all year long. His game is a lot of defense, passing, and layups. That's it. And and that all of those things the Nets could more than used, especially in the defensive end of the floor where they have struggled. And they struggled tonight, giving up 124 points to a Pacers team that has Buddy Hield, Tyrese Halliburton, and O'Shea Brissett. You know, they they, were, they got cooked yeah. there. So to have Ben Simmons out there alongside Kessler, was alongside Nicholas Claxton, alongside Bruce Brown, that's a pretty good defensive quartet, Nick. So we'll keep an eye on this space and, you know, probably be doing, hopefully, an emergency buzz, you know, in the same time zone would be fun. Yeah, it would be awesome, especially if it's in the very near future and we can get some confirmation that he will be playing some amount of minutes in that first round series. Like I said, I'm willing to you know start off slow with anything like five minutes and go from there. I mean, it's a seven game series and you can kind of get a feel for where he's at and if he can have a positive impact or if you know it's better to kind of allow him to continue to kind of work his way up. But Jack, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? It's great to be in this fine city, Nick. Enjoying chatting with you live and right now, right now to be like 11:30 for me so it's a still still struggling a little bit with the jet lag but it's worth it i'm still high on the bar on the vibes at the game i'm quote unquote buzzing 
Yeah, I mean, I'm buzzing to have you here. And obviously, Jack and I will be reunited in the near future. And obviously, we touched on at the beginning of the show, the Nets will be in that seventh seed. And they will be facing the Cavs, who are the eighth seed, in that playing game on Tuesday at 7 p.m. on TNT. Obviously, want them to take care of business. And if Jack and I have a chance, we'll be recording a little preview episode for that specific game. But Jack, anything else you want to touch on or we're good to go? It is clearly, Nick, I net spoiled. It is a Nets world, and I appreciate you, obviously, Jack, being over here covering the Nets, and big thanks to everybody for listening, and check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.